So say you upload your latest podcast episode, you give it a title, and you publish it. Your listeners get that episode automatically on their phones, in all sorts of apps, on all sorts of devices, all over the world. How? Why? What kind of magic happens when you hit that publish button? What is a podcast, even? Hey, I'm John Lagomarsino, and this is I Should Start a Podcast, a show from Anchor about the ins and outs of podcasting. Uh, Today, I thought it would be useful and a little bit fun to talk about what's really going on when you publish a podcast. Podcasting is a surprisingly old and surprisingly simple part of the internet. And while that's very cool, that history and simplicity can actually make podcasting a little bit confusing and different from how other kinds of media work on the internet. So today, we're going to jump into what goes on behind the scenes and why it works the way it does. And hopefully, you can use all of that to inform how you work with your own podcast. Now, just a small warning, this is going to get a little bit more technical than other episodes have been, and that's because all of this internet plumbing was built a while ago, when tech was pretty different. And companies like Anchor exist pretty much to do all of this dirty work for you, to simplify how this all works. But for now, let's travel back to the turn of the millennium, when the internet was mostly good. Back then, some smart internet developers came up with a way for websites to distribute articles automatically. It was called RSS. That stood for a few things over time, but now most people say it stands for Really Simple Syndication. An RSS feed is basically just a file that web publishers can add entries to as a way to distribute, say, blog posts or news feeds or whatever. Remember Google Reader? That was one way to collect and read RSS feeds. A couple years after RSS was developed as a way to distribute text, it got the ability to point to other kinds of media, like audio and video, as an enclosure. This is the special ingredient that made podcasts possible. You could use special programs to subscribe to podcast feeds. And those programs, which were unfortunately called podcatchers, would automatically check those feeds for new entries, and then they'd automatically download the audio files. It was like broadcasts that you could hear on your iPod. Now, this was all happening in the early 2000s, kind of unofficially. To find podcasts, you had to know where to look and find the links to each podcast's RSS feed. And then you had to manually add that feed to your podcatcher. Now, we recently announced something new for iTunes and iPod, and it's called podcasting. But in 2005, Steve Jobs announced that podcasts would become an official part of the iTunes desktop app. And what is podcasting? You know, it's been described a lot of different ways. Um, One way has been uh, TiVo for radio. You can download radio shows and listen to them on your computer or put them on your iPod anytime you want. So it's just like television programs on TiVo. And that's true. Another way it's been described is Wayne's World for Radio, um, which means that anyone uh, without much capital investment can make a podcast, put it on a server, and get a worldwide audience for their radio show. And that's true, too. Um, we see it as the hottest thing going in radio, hotter than anything else in radio. And as you know, 
What podcasting is, is that you can not only download radio shows and listen to them, you can subscribe to them. So that every time there's a new episode, it automatically gets downloaded to your computer. You can listen to it there, or it automatically gets synced to your iPod the next time you dock your iPod. So it's very, very exciting. And so what we're doing is we're going to make this even easier because you're not going to have to go download other applications and get all sorts of stuff together to make this happen. We're going to build it right in to iTunes and iPods. But one of the most important things is how do you find these podcasts? You want people typing URLs into iTunes? Well, they could do that, but we're also going to build right into the iTunes Music Store an iPod or a podcast directory so that we're going to list thousands of podcasts and you'll be able to click on them, download them for free, and uh, subscribe to them right in iTunes. Like TiVo for the radio. <laughs> Dated references aside, this was a huge deal because it meant that for once, there was this big central directory of podcasts built right into a program that could actually download those podcasts and also add it to things like your iPod. Now, some technical points about how that directory actually worked. It was just a directory. Basically, it was just this big index of podcasts that were hosted elsewhere. All the files lived on other servers, not at Apple. Essentially, when you used iTunes to subscribe to a podcast, the directory would hand off the RSS feed to the iTunes app, and then from then on, iTunes would still check the original RSS feed and download new episode files directly from the host. Basically, that meant that Apple was not distributing podcasts themselves. iTunes was just here to basically be a central search engine for podcasts and to kind of make the handshake for subscribing to new shows. And believe it or not, that's still how it works today. Now, podcasts on iTunes have a new name, Apple Podcasts, but the underlying tech is still the same. Podcast episodes and RSS feeds are hosted outside, by services like Anchor, for example. And Apple Podcasts and most other podcast directories are just big lists of those feeds, feeds that live somewhere else. So, why do we care about any of that? Well, it affects your and your listeners' experiences in a few ways. For example, when you publish a new episode on Anchor, your subscribers get it immediately. That's because the people who have already subscribed to your feed have apps, podcatchers, that check the feed directly, and they get the new list of episodes basically right away or whenever the app checks for it. But you may have noticed that your new episodes don't show up in podcast directory listings right away, like on Apple Podcasts. That's because those directories also periodically check your feed for new episodes, and they do that every, let's say, hour or two. So there can be a little bit of a lag between when you actually post a new episode at your host and when it shows up in search or show listings. This whole legacy RSS setup also affects the statistics that you can get about your podcast. Your podcast feed and the downloads of your podcast are basically a one-way street. Podcast apps ask for a copy of the audio file for each episode, and that's pretty much it. Those apps generally don't send any information back to your hosting service. So what that means for you as a producer is that basically you only see that the download happened. So you can get a total number of downloads or plays like a hit counter on an old website. So this all begs the question, why is this still the system that powers podcasts? 
I wish I had one great answer for that. And there are definitely a lot of smart people who spend a lot of time thinking about how the RSS feed could be improved or replaced by something more modern. But here's the thing. The basic nature of how podcasts are hosted and distributed is what keeps podcasting so open. Anyone, anywhere can start a podcast and distribute it exactly the same way that huge media companies do. Podcasts are almost totally decentralized, and that's generally good news, especially if you're an independent podcaster. You can host and distribute your podcast for free because of the open nature of the tech underneath podcasting. You can just throw an RSS file and some MP3s onto a server somewhere and be on a level playing field. And by the way, you don't even really need to know about how all that underlying tech works at this point. Here comes the gratuitous plug for Anchor. If you host your podcast on Anchor, we can actually handle the distribution of your feed to outside directories and apps, so you never even really need to touch your raw RSS feed. Although, of course, it is there if you want to. But it's kind of cool that under the covers, podcasting is still built on the same tech that it debuted with over a decade ago. It's one of the few pieces of the internet that's still largely democratic and open. That's one of the reasons it's so appealing to me still. It's got some of that old school internet underdog vibe that made the web exciting in the first place. It's one piece of the web that's still built for independence and democracy. All right, thanks for listening. I Should Start a Podcast is a production of Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. You can sign up and start creating at anchor.fm. If you like the show, remember that you can hear it on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or any app you use to listen to podcasts. And remember, if you subscribe, you get it very quickly because you directly check our RSS feed. If you ever want to get in touch, give me some feedback, ideas, questions, you can leave me a voice message. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for I Should Start a Podcast, and tap on the Messages button to leave yours. My colleague Brendan Bigley produced music in this episode. You can find links to all of his stuff in the show description. Thanks so much for listening. I'm John Lagomarsino, and I'll be back really soon with another episode of I Should Start a Podcast. Talk to you then.